Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash themoviegang. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com backslash themoviegang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello, I am Peter Dancy. I'm Ben Haworth. And I'm Sarah Becker. And you are listening to the Movie Game Podcast from Tuscan Said Media, a podcasting company with a little heart and a lot of wine. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> I think Sarah's showing us that she has a lot of wine. Yeah, <laughs> Or rather, I don't yeah. have a lot of wine anymore. I did <laughs> a little while ago. <laughs> That's, that, that makes it even better. Like, not anymore. There's Why more is wine, the wine in me gone? than in the bottle. Me. I am the <laughs> reason the wine is always gone. You are the wine equivalent of Captain Jack Sparrow tonight, Sarah, and I love it. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I want in life. Listen to but yeah, welcome listeners to this week's episode of Movie Gang Podcast. We're very glad to have you here. Um, you know what? Let's just move right along because this week we're talking about fences. But let's go to our trailer corner. Oh, wait. Surprise. No real interesting trailers that we saw this week. So instead, we're going to talk about Oscar nominations because that's coming up in about a month and we're fucking excited. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Right we are. So what do you, so, so what do you guys think about the nominations that, 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 that were turned out by the Academy? Um, I guess I'll start with a big one, which is that uh, La La Land got 14 nominations, yeah, which is tied dude. with Titanic and All About Eve, uh, right? To make the biggest Oscar movies of all time. So, how have I damn not seen son All About Eve? You should. It's good. I actually have. I actually haven't seen All About Eve either, and I'm sorry to everyone listening, but I have only. But it has consistently been for Titanic that I have only ever seen the last 20 minutes of the film and like various clips of it but to be perfectly honest I really don't feel any need in my body to ever see it I'm so You're sorry you're wrong really we're don't. putting this on the list for I guess uh, we found Sarah's movie I will it fight that I will fight that <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I, I, fine, I will finally see Titanic. <laughs> well, I'm not the biggest fan of Titanic. I can at least say that it is one of those classic Oscar movies. It makes sense why it has 14 nominations. It like oh, made yeah, all money, sure and that. it's very old school, and it's three hours, and it's you feel awesome that that movie made money. Like, I'm sorry, well, it's three hours. Up there is just crazy. <laughs> so helping. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, yes, it is three hours long. Oh my the old God. joke was that. The old joke was that the VHS was in two parts. I think the director's cut is three hours long. I don't think the the theatrical release was three hours. It's close, if not three hours. It was. I don't know. I saw it several times in theaters when I was studying abroad in Belfast, which is where the ship was from. And by the way, it was fine when it left. Um, they have that on t-shirts literally there's a titanic museum it's wonderful it opened on my birthday weekend while i was there and i got to go it was great um anyway that's my attachment titanic but the fact that i saw it in theaters three times within the span of like a month leads me to believe the theatrical release is not three hours long because i would not have been able to sit through that actually you're incorrect actually um yeah, Am I'm, I'm going to say that movie. It that movie is 195 minutes long. That is three and a half 
fucking hours. Well, it's yeah. worth it. It's a good <laughs> she, three hours. She, she spent I'm ten not, hours. She spent ten James hours in the theater Horner. watching it. <laughs> I did. Like Sarah, that is like such dedication. I twice in Belfast, like, once in Wales. <laughs> wow, that is nuts. and in three D. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! But but yeah, but yeah. So La, so La La Land. But yeah, so La La Land has like has has fourteen nominations this year, like including Best Picture and Best Director. So it's like, like I I actually feel kind of bad for not having seen this yet. But I will by the t- by the time by the time the Oscars roll around, I will have seen this film. But you know, that's kind of it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's I think it's safe to say it's probably gonna win Best Picture. <laughs> If it didn't, but at this I point, want Moonlight to win best. Yeah, Can, like, I would too. But like, I, but I'm really glad that Moonlight walked away with eight nominations. I mean, I think watching that movie years ago, that's just not the movie that Hollywood loves. La La Land's a great movie. I love it too. But that's the movie Hollywood loves. You know, it's a musical. That's classic. the movie. That, that's the movie that, that that Hollywood will be like. Will, will be like. I will do anything for you. I will love you forever. Just Please, because, just just because Hollywood loves it doesn't mean it deserves it. That's fair. I don't think it deserves fourteen. That's that puts it in crazy categories. <laughs> <laughs> like that's bananas. And I do wonder if there'll be a black a backlash to the movie. Um, and that's the possibility for Moonlight to win either Best Director or Best Picture, and kind of have an upset there because I think almost certainly Moonlight will win Best Ad- Adapted Screenplay. But maybe maybe there could be a backlash to be like, all right, guys, well, that's good, but Jesus Christ, but not that good. No, I mean, like, for, like I, I know, I know for me personally, and I, and I was telling my mom this the other day when, when, when we were actually talking about the Oscars, like, like it's kind of a, it's such a huge stretch thing for me to say, but I kind of don't care because I love the thought of it. My black ass wants every <laughs> single film that is that is in the same category as La La Land, like so that so 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 for this year's Oscars, for me that includes moonlight hidden figures and fences i want like regardless of which one wins like whether it's the movie or an actor or actress or whatever i just want one of those films to win whatever category it's nominated for because i'm just like there is su- they, they, all three of these films for me are, are just oozing with black excellence and i'm just like this is the year that i have like gone to these three films and walked up being like that's my shit yeah and i this year, in terms of like the Oscar So White thing, is doing a lot better because uh, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay all have people of color right. in there. It actually and really does bother me, though, that the main character from Hidden Figures is not nominated for Best Actress. Yeah, Taraji P. Henson, I, I really thought should have been nominated. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with that. And I also don't get why Dev Patel is Best Supporting. I saw Lion. He's the fucking lead of that movie. I was gonna, isn't he's he? Like, yeah, I was gonna say he's in like seventy percent of the movie. That is some fucking uh, category fraud if I've ever heard it. Like I, I'm kind yeah. of iffy on Viola Davis on supporting. I, don't, I agree with people who said she probably should have been lead, but Deb Patel in line is total bullshit. <laughs> that does not make sense to me at all. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, if if he is not, if he if if his character of Saru wasn't the main character, then who the hell was? No one, because like the kid is in it for a little bit. Like the kid version of him is in it for like a third of the movie. But like the movie's about him trying to find his family. He is he is the the guy on the poster. Yes. <laughs> like what yes. else? If nothing else qualifies you as being the main character, then that's you're the guy on the poster. It. 
I'm curious if there was any happy surprises for you guys. I follow this stuff very closely, so nothing was. There's just a few things I, I that weren't expected that were happy to me. I'll talk about, but I'm just curious from you guys mm. if there was stuff you were like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. I think I, I think for I think for me at least like at least for the movies that I saw or 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 at least knew about. Actually, scratch that. No. Um, scratch that uh the, the one the one that the one that surprised the one that surprised me and, and i, I kind of chuckled to myself when uh when, when i saw it before before we started recording was passengers for breast production design simply because i haven't seen it and <laughs> like i like i have i haven't seen that movie yet don't know if i will and so and, and so just uh with 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 us talking whether whether, whether like whether it was like in a recording or just or or in or in like our like long extended message thread just just with how much we were like ooh this movie i don't know <laughs> it was just surprising to see it pop up on an on an oscars nominations list well, the, the one that was even crazier to me because i recall that sarah was not a fan was passengers getting best original score nomination oh yeah well that's the, okay the thing is i liked the score of passengers but I think I really, and I said this on our Passengers podcast, I really think Thomas Newman just cannibalized his score for Wally. Like, it sounds right. exactly the same. So to call it an original score, I mean, it is an original score because Thomas Newman composed it. But it just, it's not original instrumentation. It's not right. original. It's barely If Arrival doesn't get in because of not being original, then it shouldn't be. Then it should. shouldn't get yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be there. That's what you're and saying, like, Sarah, right? Yes. Now, granted, there I could make the same argument for plenty of Hans Zimmer scores, so that's not really fair, because I mean, they all sound have, the same as well. But this was yeah, like eerily because, similar. Because you, because at, at least I, I would say, at least for the past like seven, eight, nine, however many years, like of, like for for maybe not all of Hans Zimmer's scores, but a decent enough number of them that you notice where you're just getting the da like just a wall of sound. Mm-hmm. And like heavy mm-hmm. ass drums. Mm-hmm. Those are called the Wagner tubas. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Actually, you I did not know nerds. that. Is nice, you know the the you. big, deep, loud brass Wagner tubas. Um, I'll say for me, sort of the the three things I was really curious that I was surprised by it was uh, just real quick. Jackie getting the original score nomination is awesome. Mika Levy did the score for um, Under the Skin, which I think is gonna be one of the most ripped off scores ever like it's gonna be so ripped off for horror movies to forever and so she deserved that before this but jackie's also great um and i'm very happy my beloved lobster got yes. a best okay, original no, yes. screenplay nomination that was so happy to me uh yeah I, I i saw that and i was like oh that's right we did we we did see that movie and we all and we all had differing opinions but we, we, all, had very but, but, we all had we all had very differing opinions but but i think i think we could all at least agree that we were like this was an interesting viewing so so i it was it was really fun to see that pop up for me and I was also very surprised Finding Dory didn't get a nomination, a, a, a animated yeah. movie that made a billion dollars and it didn't get uh, get nominated, which I was kind of surprised by. It was it was a big year for American movies, but still. And Part I'll be honest, th- I uh, I forgot that, or I, I I just it didn't occur to me that Zootopia was not in last year's Oscars. I forgot that it came yeah, out it like early, within yeah. the last like twelve months. <laughs> Right. No, I, I, I think, I think in my, I think in my opinion, but then, but then again, it's the academy. They can kind of do, they can kind of 
nominate whoever they want. I I, I feel that I feel that part of I, part of the reason why find, why Finding Dory wasn't also nominated for like best animated feature is because it's like Disney slash Pixar slash whatever they already have both Moana and Zootopia, and so to just add Finding Dory, it's like who is like it it it, it kind of would have taken the other like the other nominees out of out out, out of the running, and it's like who do you yeah. think is going to win either way disney's got it and quite I'm frankly excited. i saw more creativity in those two films and the other three than than i did in funny dory yes i agree i'm excited that the red turtle is nominated for best animated feature film it won't win moana yeah. or zootopia will win because disney but um i haven't even actually seen the red turtle but the previews i've seen and everything i've heard about it it sounds incredible <laughs> Well, that's what I always liked about Best Animated. There's always three sort of mainstream ones and two ones that are much more out there. And this year, it's uh, My Life as a Zucchini is the other one, which I'm glad for. But I wished uh, Your Name, which is the incredible anime film, uh, had gotten in there. Uh, oh, that's right. Y'all have been talking about that for the past couple of weeks, and I and I need to see that. Yeah, come out in April. Yes, I was going to say a wide release in America in April. Yep, waiting for it patiently, yeah. bated breath. <laughs> yeah. I would be quite happy if Kubo won, actually. Me too. Same. Me too. And it, it conceivably thing. could. It also um got a best visual effects nomination, which is really Good. surprising. That's really cool. I I'm glad to see unique visual effects, not just CGI, get get nominated for that. And last year Ex Machina won best uh visual effects, surprisingly, so there is new now precedent that not just two hundred million dollar films can win in that. Yeah, and I remember us talking about that last year. How Ex Machina won? How 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 it how like at least, like at least a good portion of like like the reason could have, could have been because because in, rather rather than like just sheer spectacle, it was more of the application of those visual effects. Yeah, and I, I like that. That might not a new thing, though. <clears throat> I think probably Jungle Book will win because those those animals are very fucking impressive. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't love that movie, but I still looked at those animals and went, Jesus, that I didn't yeah. know we're that far. Yeah, like the best I, I would, makeup. I, and... Go ahead, Peter. No, it's just I was just gonna say I like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if if I wouldn't be surprised if Disney was using Jungle Book as as a way to as a way to kind of test drive to be like if we wanted to make live action Lion King can we pull it off I think we can and then guess what he's making live action Lion King we were all dun, dun, fucking dun. right and <laughs> it everyone was, a, it was surprised big, aka no one it was a big test reel for Lion King we, we were all right <laughs> the best makeup and hairstyling category makes me laugh. Yes. so classic <laughs> it's a man called ove which i've never heard of and star Old trek beyond makeup. which doesn't deserve it and suicide squad which really doesn't deserve Does it. Not deserve it <laughs> and that's it yeah it's nope, like well we made else. a crocodile man and we made a, a pointy blue face guy at idris elva and we made someone look old classic hollywood <laughs> yeah but we should get on to the real point of this podcast. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Oh, uh, absolute bullshit. Mad at best original song. Okay, you got two from uh, two from La Land. That's fine. I understand. How far I go from Moana? Great. Lemon Miranda, which is cool. Can't stop the feeling for troll- trolls. Annoying, yeah. but it was the only movie song that made money. And then what this the is fuck is the empty chair? What is that <laughs> fucking song? What is that movie? And why is Sing Street not in there? Sing Street's an amazing musical with awesome songs. Okay, I didn't love the movie, but the songs are amazing. And fuck you. <laughs> That's all I, I got to say. It's my only real fuck you for this. Thing. I, I mean, haven't yeah, heard I mean, of Sing Street or 
Sarah, if you want if you want just a happy musical that's just awesome and happy, watch Sing Street. Like I need it that is, in my life. It is what La La Land didn't give you at the end. The oh, end. Oh man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Ben. I will, I, I will, I will, for the most part, get, I definitely give you that point. But at the very least, I will say the empty chair is sung by is sung by Sting. So if that's any consolation at all, mm-hmm. no, not really. No, What's no, wrong no, with yeah, Sting? I, no. Not a big fan of Sting. I'm sorry, Sarah. Wow. But he was he was Fade and the really bad Dune. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in this Dune mode. That's the problem. I oh, that's am. Great. I just watch, rewatched the, the 2000 and 2003 miniseries of Dune and Children of Dune. Hell yes, I'm in Dune mode. And then there was the Samantha B bit with, you know, they said, you know, our new evil overlord. And it was oh, Trump's yeah. face photoshopped onto Shai Halud, which is offensive <laughs> to the great worm. By the way, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, you, you pointed that out. I love that. You're Sarah, like, how dare if you're you not insult on the, him? Uh, if you're not in the, the our, our eventual podcast on Denny Villeneuve's Dune, I'll be very mad at you because I want you to nerd oh, out on the thing. No, I will host that podcast. <laughs> Give me the Dune. <laughs> All I would about love, Dune. I would love to be part of that cast when that happens. Like, please. Yeah, anyone who claims to like Dune and then is against, like, Islamic countries or culture or anything of that nature cannot speak to me. Yeah, get That's out. Very fair. Just, just, just That's get out. All right, and now, fair listener, it is time for our ad break. Ben, <laughs> if you could please tell us about Audible. Yes, uh, for you listeners uh, of the Movie Gang podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, in honor of the recent Oscar nomination announcements, I wanted to recommend to our listeners uh, one of my all-time favorite books, which is Pictures at a Revolution by Mark Harris. Uh, this is a really awesome book that follows the production of the five Best Picture nominees from 1967 and sort of how they represent the shift from old to new Hollywood. Uh, it's really a must-listen if you love sort of the nitty-gritty production of movies, but also has a lot of interesting stuff about social changes and sort of a lot of the racial elements of a lot of the films. It's it's just great, and I think I've listened to it on Audible like four or five times. Like Every once in a while, I just get a hankering, like, I want to listen to that book again. Um, it's absolutely great. And for our listeners, you can download this book or thousands of others for free right now if you try a free month of Audible by using the link audibletrial.com slash Tuscan. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash Tuscan to get your free month of Audible and your free book today. Thank you very much, Ben. All right, now, uh, now, now that we're done with now, with the, now that we're done with talking about Oscars and Audible, let's move on to the main purpose of the main topic of this podcast, uh, Fences, which is which, which has been nominated for which not nominated for, you know, you know, Oscar nominations. Fences <laughs> is based on Oscar. Uh, uh, excuse me. Wow, I can't talk today. <laughs> Fences based on August Wilson's uh, Tony Award-winning play. Fences follows Troy, played by Denzel Washington, an African American father who struggles through the 1950s as he works through racial issues, raising r- raising his uh, raise, raising raising his whose two sons, his issues with infidelity, and his past with his own father, which honestly is like. Doesn't even scratch the surface. I think. I think. I think for the whole of this. Yeah, film. I, but, it's, but it's a good, it's a good lead in for sure. I I try my best to write. The, I started the synopsis for this one, and and every synopsis was just like he deals with racial issues. I'm like he deals with a lot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's way more than just racial that, issues. Is like the least of the things he deals with. Like it is very least. important, of course, but 
Yes. But yeah. So, so what? So what did you guys think of this movie? Ben, I go. guess everyone's waiting for me because I I hinted that I have a little bit more negative. So let me just say, I am a huge fan of August Wilson. I think he's one of our greatest playwrights. Um, he did something very interesting of taking sort of a very classical 1950s uh, style play and then updating with modern language and it's just some amazing things and every one of his plays in the Pittsburgh cycle deals with racial relations in different eras so this is 1950s my favorite one is the piano lessons which is the 1930s um, and Denzel Washington is doing this awesome thing where he's going to do all 10 plays for movies for HBO and I think they did this one first because it's the biggest one and this particular version was a Tony Award winning play on Broadway that won all this stuff so I want you to understand where I'm coming from when I say I think the play is amazing. I think the acting is amazing. I'm glad this exists. I think it's really, really boringly filmed. I think it is really uninteresting visually. And I think as a document of the play that was on Broadway, I'm really glad it exists. But as a film, I don't think it works. Hmm. So that's where I'm coming from with this movie. No, I can see that. No, I, 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 I guess for me, I guess for me, uh, when I when I saw the film, I, I saw this with, um, uh, with 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 my with my mom and brothers. Um, my 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 youngest brother, who's in high school, and then, and then, my, and then the middle one, who, who who was away in college when he when he was back home uh, from school, and I get and I guess with me, like 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 one like one like one of the biggest reasons why I connected so much with this film is be, is because of how much I at least for me like literally personally connected with this film as, mm. as far as as far as as far as like as, as far as trying uh trying to like if if i if i ever tried to impress my dad um when i was younger but 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 all, but also as like strongly the whole infidelity side of it like like because like my, my mom was even telling me um uh Two like two weeks ago when she when she asked me when she asked me about it because we had never actually talked about it when, when we walked out of the theater but she but but she asked she was like she was like so what did you think of that scene when he like when Troy tells his wife this is what's been happening because because she told me when that happened I kind of sat back and looked at all three of you and was like this is our story and it's and mm. I, I I guess I, I guess just because I guess just because in like much much like Moonlight actually because I've gone through some of the shit that happened in that film. It was it was it was it was a lot of powerful moments for me, I guess. So so I, I think I think for me that's where I'm coming from. I'm curious, I, Sarah, what you think? Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed the film. Um, again, I guess I guess taking yet a third perspective on it than the two of you, um, Ben. I know you mentioned that it was originally a play, which has been adapted to the screen, and mm-hmm. uh, I agree that you know the the cinematography i guess was not particularly interesting that being it said as yeah uh, but as i was watching it um i come from a light theater background i didn't get a degree in theater or anything like that but i was occasionally involved in plays and lots of my friends were in the drama department i went to go see a lot of plays when i was in high school and college and while i was watching the film I didn't really feel like I was watching a movie. I was sitting there and thinking, oh, I'm watching a play. And because I was in that mindset for it, the cinematography didn't bother me so right. much. Um, so since I just like, it's, you know, you, you go, 
go home and watch like a DVD that, you know, they filmed a production of a stage play of, you know, Sweeney Todd or whatever. And, you know, you're aware that you're watching a play, but because, you know, that's what you're doing, that doesn't bother you. And you're like, oh, I'm just watching this show. This is great. That's how I felt with this. And, uh, I don't know, in terms of the acting, in terms of the, the screenwriting, in terms of, you know, all of that, I really loved it. I think that's why I'll probably be more forgiving of the other ones, as I imagine they'll probably go straight to HBO. They wanted this one because it's the big one. It's the one that everyone knows. Um, right, right, right. And obviously they expect it to win Oscars, and it probably will for Viola Davis, thank God, about time. Um where literally she does the same thing she did in Doubt, which like blew everyone away, where she can both cry and make snot come out of her nose at the same time. And it's like the most incredible thing you've ever seen. And you're just and, sitting there like, oh my God, damn, shit. Yeah. And and she did that in Doubt, and she's like, oh, I'm not going to win an Oscar, I'm going to do a goddamn again, and you're going to give me an Oscar this time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, w- yeah, wait, hold on. When when was when was Doubt done? 2008. Because I, took, really? Oh my really? God, it was that long ago? Because yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing that movie and like... And, and 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 I and I remember like I remember that scene that you're talking about where like crying and it's not I was just like and I and like even even like even as a 17 year old I was like this woman is gonna go far yeah I remember that too I remember that too uh, but I think I'll be more forgiven of that because there's a movie on HBO that's based on a play that I don't know if it's ever produced but it's at least clearly was a play uh, called Sunset Limited which is just um tommy lee jones and samuel jackson argue about religion for two hours in one place and so it's very wow. clearly like this this low budget thing it's really cool it's really good i recommend it it's really fun to watch um yeah, sure and but i think i'm more forgiving of that because it's on tv and it's very clearly just trying to be a play in movie form but here it's like it's just this very interesting thing where they're trying to be very faithful to august wilson which is very cool in one way and that literally it says written by august wilson even though he's been dead for 10 years and tony kushner like kind of sprinkled up the script a little bit because it wasn't finished quite before he died, but he didn't put his name on it all. It's just August Wilson. Um, but because of that, it, it just has that sort of frustrating. We're like, we never see the mistress. You know what I mean? And it makes sense in a play, but it didn't make sense for me here where it's like, we can cut away to her, or give her a scene or give her something. We, we never meet. Um, I forget the person's name, but his friend's wife, she mentions his wife a hundred times and it makes sense in a play. We wouldn't have her come on stream. But you think you'd see her or be there. And it's just like, it got to the point where I was like, okay, we're still in the same spot. Okay, we still haven't seen these characters. We still have seen this. And that's where it was like, this is a play. <laughs> this isn't a film. And it becomes very frustrating for me because there are movies that are plays that take place in small places like 12 Angry Men, but they have very interesting visuals. They can manage to make it cinematically interesting to me. So there are instances of plays turned into films that are visually and compelling and have a reason to be films where I'm just sitting here going, we could have filmed the Tony award-winning play on stage and it would have been the same for me. I don't disagree with you in the slightest. I think we just have differing opinions on how much it matters. Yeah. How much it matters and you know, whether we enjoyed it or not because of the way it was filmed. Well, let's talk about stuff we enjoy. Uh, let's, let's talk about Denzel in particular. Denzel. Denzeliest he's ever been. It's all the Denzel stuff I love. It's the, yeah, and it and is that, the and like, point in the stare and the and the like build. that and like that singular comment that this is like the most Denzel that Denzel has ever been has been something that I've been consistently seeing ever since this movie was released. And it's like I am so damn glad that that's like that, that uh, out of I miss this Denzel. That's the I missed thing. him. Like I so enjoy much. action Denzel, but I miss great acting Denzel. 
Yeah, I mean, cause I mean, cause I, remember, I like I think the last Denzel film I saw was um uh, blah 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 blah. What was it? Uh, the uh, the Equalizer. Definitely enjoyed that, but I miss this man. <laughs> the fir- I think the first film I ever saw Denzel in was Kenneth Branagh's 1993 Much Do About Nothing. So good in that. Where he played so Don Pedro. And again, this is now maybe granted, particularly to you, Ben, a, you know, <laughs> it was better adapted to the screen than just, you know, Brenna straight up opulence. the play. But he was still playing, you know, a character that was, you know, in a play and now they're filming it. And yes. uh, I don't know. I, I love that Denzel. <laughs> he is so good. <laughs> Yeah, like like um, like Ben Ben, I was I was reminded of of, of, a, of a podcast that you have told me several times to listen to, but I just haven't gotten around to yet. So sorry. Yes. Um, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time. Period. And I was like, <laughs> this movie is it. This is yes. why. Like literally, this is why. Yeah, absolutely. And they they sort of break down the classic things that Denzel does, his sort of acting moves, and you just see like literally all of them there. There's there's one moment that I sort of will now put in my top five Denzel moments, which is when he does the famous line, You struck out once. Don't strike out. Oh god, no, yeah. When that like, happened, ooh, I kind of sat good. up a little bit. I was just like, what's gonna be strike number two? Because that's gonna be everything. Yeah, and I, I'm glad too that Viola Davis got a lot of uh, presence in this movie. Uh, the character only gets one big monologue, but they do have one bit of cinematography I do really like in directing. And this is why I think Denzel is an actor's director. And there, are, I think Cindy Lament had a good thing where he said, there are directors who are great with actors, there are directors who are great with visuals, and there are directors who are great with story. And it's very rare you meet someone who's all three. But usually one is good at the other. And I think Denzel is an actor's director because he understands the moment when he tells her that he cheated on her, it cuts to her, not him saying it. And that I really appreciate, and because that's, it absolutely because that's the puts reaction that on matters. Her. Yes, like that, that, like, that was the I best mean, directing moment from Denzel for me. Yeah, I mean, because like because whenever like whenever whenever shit like that happens, whenever like infidelity is 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 revealed, it it who matters the most is the person who is being told, yeah, you've been cheated on. Like they're the one, like because because now because now everything that has happened behind their back is all on them and it's just come it comes crashing down it's like much agreed like so glad that like they cut to her and it's like watch it happen like watch like watch her reaction or like or or like or lack of a like of a of a huge reaction that certainly um affected the audience in the theater i went to go see the film more than any other scene like the tone of the viewership just changed immediately when you know that that scene occurred and there was the reveal of i've been i've been cheating on you just everyone like it was it was free game from there i think everyone felt a lot more free to react and not really comment people weren't like talking during the movie but it was it was just very interesting to experience the tonal shift because that was just such a pivotal scene in the film and another yeah. sequence I think he nails is is the sequence where he does his his father's backstory because I think it would be a very easy for an actors to sort of go to a darker place for that, but he really is just sort of telling a story like all the other stories. But everyone around him is reacting like, "Oh my god, I've never heard this like intense, depressing story you told me about." But it it he just sort of lets it out, you know. And I think that's how those things happen, you know. When I've ever heard like a a story I never heard from my parents, it just was sort of 
out of nowhere you know it wasn't like a big i have to tell you this big secret moment it, it really was just a whoa we went to a real dark place and i wasn't expecting it and i think he really understands the character in that moment and i think that's probably my favorite scene in the movie i'm also happy just to see some great supporting characters like steven henderson as jim bono uh, oh, and yeah, mckelty williamson awesome. where's she from was he from sorry oh um um he was uh, he was oh, yeah, Bubba McKelty. in forrest gump oh, and now right. he's, he's his brother he was yeah. so good yeah he was really good that was really i honestly didn't even recognize him at first it, w- it wasn't until the credits started started rolling i was just like that's Bubba. yeah <laughs> It was great. I was, I was, I was crying a little bit there at the end when he was, you know, playing his trumpet for the heavens to open up. That was, I got the feels in that scene a little bit. Yeah, that was the scene where I was definitely like, "There's, there's Denzel's Christian moment. He always puts one in there. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's a very devout man." And I was like, "Yeah, God's real at the end of that movie a little bit. Yeah. That's fine. Like that's Denzel. He's doing it's it." It's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm down for this. That's Let's fine. Go. I understand. <laughs> no, I think, I think. Uh, for for me for me one of the one of the most touching moments of the film was uh was when uh Troy's son um Corey was Corey was ta- was talking was talking was talking with the do- the daughter the daughter between between him and Alberta his his mistress um Raynell. and like and seeing 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 over the course of their of their of their interaction just like the literal softening of of Corey to the whole situation because because you could tell like because you could tell like he he was he he was sh- he was showing up back home like more 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 as a formality rather rather than this is my dad i need to show up because i love him and so but and so uh the the two, the two the two of them interacting and 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 him and him realizing yeah didn't particularly didn't particularly like him because he did a lot of shitty stuff both to my both to my mom and me but there is still so much of him that is a part of me and i can't take that away and it and and it, and it makes me it makes me who i am like like when, like when when they when they were when they were both going over this over, over the song that Troy, that Troy used to sing all the time i yeah. I, I, I or the rhyme what rhyme whatever it was I, I wish i wish i knew i wish i knew the words but i don't it was about the dog right yeah Old yeah 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 think of this it, it it was it was a, that 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 was a particularly touching moment for me because it because it was i i i can't i can't it's i i it is an it is an interesting situation to have to meet the other child I, I, yeah I, they do I, a very I, interesting thing in that play where they jump forward in time which is another very play thing where like he's, very play. you think he's gonna die then and then they jump forward and realize he died many years later right um and that was a very similar sort of interesting jump, and I liked that actress a lot. Both the both the young child actress and Corey were both very very good in that scene. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, Sarah to speak to speak to to speak to speak to your comment about about how about how when he to, when he told about about how when Troy told Rose I've been cheating on you and, and like like the like the, to, the tonal shift. Would de- would would, de- would definitely would definitely agree 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 um for mine, but I think I I, I think for uh for the audience that I was with, that shift was absolutely solidified. It was it was it was absolutely solidified when uh, when he, when they brought Raynell home, and and 
and, and so and so Rose and so Rose was telling Troy, okay, you know what? Yes, I I, I will be I will be this baby's mother. She has a mother, but she looked at him and before and, and then she looked at him and before walking inside, she looked at him and said, "But you are a womanless man." Mm-hmm. And the whole room mm. like just was like, ooh, because you could because with that one line, you were just you were like, yeah, she is like explicitly letting you know you fucked up. Yeah. Like, 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 we, like, we, we will remain married. We, are, we will live together. But I, but we will have nothing to do with each other. At, le- at least, at least, not as a married couple. It was a fantastic moment. Yeah, because that's what I, I love about the play. Is they give her a lot of agency and a lot of say in a very difficult thing where she sticks around. But there are reasons for it, and there you don't feel like she's a victim. She's definitely a victim, but you don't feel like she's victimized, I guess would be the way to say it. I'm not sure how to quite phrase it, but at the very least, she has a lot more agency than they could have had in the play, which is she, what I really love about her character. She was made a victim, but she, but she decided to take control of it. And she, she, she decided to take the, take the control back and, and, she, and, and, and look at the situation and say, you know what, I, I can and I will work with this. Yeah, and they even give sort of a good reason for her to to take care of the child, which I really appreciate as well. Because I think that could have been treated like, oh, she has to take care of his kid, you know, she did this horrible thing. But he has a very nice line where he's like, she's an innocent in this, you know, whatever yeah, we exactly. have, whatever you hate for me, it, it isn't her fault that I did these things. Mm-hmm. And she needs someone to mother her. And I really appreciate that. And that's what makes Troy a very interesting character is that he's, he's definitely not a great person, but he's kind of good heart and i guess this might be a weird way of saying it you know he's a very complicated person he's trying right and that's what i like about the plays it's also a lot about cycles of abuse where each kind of person gets a little bit better like his dad was so horrible to him and he's clearly not the best dad but he's getting better you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and i like at the end that Corey is trying to just not be his dad at all but then realize that he was trying like you said sarah and he was trying to get better but he just was raised so terribly he could only go so far in a sense you know mm-hmm. whether that's an excuse or not i don't know but i, I find that very fascinating about the play yeah it, it was it was it was cory realizing that despite how shitty his dad was he was taking what he knew in life and simply trying to make the best of it i mean i mean because like i mean i mean i mean you could even tell uh in, in the beginning when he when he when he asked do you like me? And he's like, I don't have to like you. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like the food you eat, the house you live in, the bed you sleep in, the clothes you wear that, th- like that is enough. I don't have, like, I do that because that is literally my job as your father. I don't have to like you. Right. And there's like a weird, like both love and hate in that. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. Where some people I find actually agree with that. And that's very interesting because it's like, Oh no. Yeah. There, there were def- that way, you know, there, there were definitely like, like, like some parents slash grandparent age people in my audience who were just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't, we don't. I was like, no, you don't, but it doesn't, but it, it doesn't, at least in, at least in my opinion, Saying saying that I love you but I don't like you to your child doesn't exactly do much for you in your relationship with your child. It does not no. at all because it's like because it's like if you don't like me then I have no reason to have any relationship with you. Yeah, and I think a lot of older people sort of had that opinion where it was like I raise you and then you leave, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. 
and then you never like, come get out home of the sort of thing. Yeah. What did you What did you guys think about the, about, about the whole about the whole um, allegory uh, with, with 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 Troy with Troy at at different points in the film calling out to, calling it to the Grim Reaper, wrestling the Grim Reaper. That again felt very play very play very play <laughs> that is the most yeah. playish part the, yeah i agree that was the, the, the most it ever got in the film which i mean that is to say like if i was watching it on stage they would have done it exactly the same way but ben i guess in this case it would have been kind of cool i agree if i don't know there could have been some embodiment yeah, representation or visual or like it doesn't even have to do anything. Like even if it just like stands there, yeah, you know, you know, a yeah. Dementor with a scythe, basically, right. is all we. Yeah, need. like 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 um like the like uh the the the, the spirit of Christmas future in in Christmas Carol. Yes. Like like doesn't mm-hmm. say anything. It's just like mm-hmm. mm, and points. I don't know. Yes, it's always pointing. Mm. Uh, the uh, cemetery man has a scene like that. Just the weirdest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different matter. <laughs> totally different. different podcast. But yeah, I like that scene. But I agree, it's it's another th- difficulty in adaptation. Where this is where it's like we can do a little less literal. We can do maybe a little more figurative. Maybe even cut the monologue as much I like it. But maybe the second monologue cut that part or something. You know, that's where I'm just like, I understand. We want to be faithful, to Wilson. I really appreciate that. But there. Because he is so traditional in the sense of his plays, he very much is working in that Arthur Miller sort of nineteen fifty style, very death of a salesman, very streetcar named desire. You know, uh, it, it feels like I'm watching a play. <laughs> exactly, that's what it comes to. Yeah. He's very play heavy. He's very monologue heavy. He has these beautiful lyrical monologues that I don't want to lose, but at the same time, I want to just have a little more interest or movement or depth to them. Yeah, there, there should have, there should, there should have at least, ha- at least should have been taken, at least some creative liberties in, 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 in the in the writing and the film of this movie so to make it, you know, like Mike more dynamic rather than just like a straight, like a straight stage to film adaptation. Mm-hmm. And actually, Ben, which, you which, mentioned what some, some people liked. Hmm? Ben, you mentioned uh, a possibility of like a change in lighting or something to illustrate the appearance of death, and I do feel actually that if it had been presented on stage a change of lighting probably would have occurred, even if just to indicate that, you know, this guy was, you know, mm-hmm. quote, talking to himself or talking to death, whatever, but point being, not talking to anyone else who might be on stage. But I, I think where in this particular case, the film was lacking for me was that that didn't even happen. Like the lighting, yeah. the cinematography, everything stayed exactly the same as though there were yeah, other characters yeah. present. And that made it feel... Well, I guess more realistic, perhaps in theory, but more awkward. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think the I think the only time like like, like where like where you could like where, where you could argue that 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 we got that that we got you know like like the, the, the kind of change in lighting or whatever more so was was I was I think the final time when he was when when he was when he was like come and get me or whatever and and it and it was like. It was like thunder and lightning outside, and mm-hmm. it, and and so it it was like it was like a literal, it was a more obvious shift than 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 the, than the past couple of times where he where he where he said it, and it was like and it was like still daylight and daytime sun shining, but this time it was like no, it's lightning outside. If you go outside, you might get struck. Sorry. <laughs> Another thing, one thing I will say for the minimalism that I do 
did appreciate was that the score was very background and that he let the actors do a thing nothing bothers me more than a big monologue with strings you know what i mean it's like (laughs) yeah we have amazing actors we don't have to like help them like it's the auto tune of acting in some senses where it's like i'm very proponent to music and so i i will feel those emotions and get mad that i'm like you're making me feel sad because of strings like Right, make me feel sad from the acting and the writing, and and I did appreciate that for a lot of the things he let this the actors do his thing. You know, the score was much mm-hmm. more filler and background, and and that's fine. You know, that's what the score is trying to do, and I appreciate that he was again. That's what I appreciate about Denzel's that direction is is the way he treats actors is very great, and I definitely respect him for that. Yeah, I mean, I I feel I feel that we, I I, I think we only got I, I think we only got like again a kind of a score maybe like three four times in the, throughout the entire film it, like it, it, like like you like i think you can literally count on one hand like how, how many yeah. times it was like okay music is playing guys we're cutting in between scenes and acts and yes. that's about it <laughs> it really was like a play where it's like sort of act breaks you know yeah right like the, like the camera would pan away and it'd be like okay imagine that you know the stage has gone black and people and like solid <laughs> stage hands are quickly moving on stage and moving yeah. shit around and reset and stuff back up and then when it pops back up everything's gonna be like just like like okay and go like enter stage left <laughs> we so haven't we really to- talked about um the oldest son at all the musician oh yeah, yeah uh, what's his name uh lions mm-hmm yeah, Lions Maxson. Who's played by Russell Hornsby, who I thought was very uh very interesting to watch on screen. He was uh this guy I've seen around, he's in Grimm, <laughs> which I tried to watch for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> nice. Lol. Um And he was also it, in Bill Nye the Science Guy, just gonna say. What? what? He was in season one, episode seven of Digestion. He was the food truck assistant. Bam. Uh, because we're gonna remember one. him from a single episode. Hey, of... neither n- neither did I. I'm thanking Wikipedia for this. Woo! <laughs> look, th- hey, look. Uh, I just want to point out, just real quick, uh, Kenneth Lonergan, who wrote Manchester by the Sea, which we'll talk about um, next week or soon after, um, is uh, his first writing credit was Doug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I love that show Isn't that so much because <laughs> like it's a very well written and he's like this esteemed playwright and the super and he wrote doug i love and that then so you're much. like doug. yeah it's crazy awesome. <laughs> i love that but yeah i like lions a lot and he had i do really like the scene uh where where he asks for the ten dollars that's where you learn a lot about denzel's character in a very interesting way mm-hmm. and the way he sort of interacts with him and his son he has a very interesting sort of end where he's He's sort of the anti La La Land character. He's a dreamer and a musician, and then he cut to later, and he's like, "I had to get a real job." Yeah, it's yeah. I still play because it matters to me, but I can't be like, "Oh, like this, sorry, this can't be it." Yeah, I still gotta put food on the table. Well, what do you think of him, Sarah? You you brought him up. I'm curious. Uh... Mm. Well, to be quite honest, I just mostly brought him up because you know we've been talking for a while, and he's the only character we hadn't mentioned. That being said, beyond that first scene where he shows up, because I do feel that's a really important scene for Denzel's character um, in particular, because it shows, you know, well, this is how I feel about, you know, my progeny borrowing money from me and this and that. Um, 
I don't know. I guess after that scene, I didn't really care about his character as much. Right. Like he was he was important for a scene, and then I didn't really care that he showed up again. Except that you know he he you know actually came back and paid the money back, which was cool, and it showed it's like you know I'm not taking advantage of you, like I you know, right. I respect you, and I'm you know bringing you know paying back in full what I got from you. And 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 also to show that for Troy, like for for, for Troy with 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 this stubbornness of of, of even of even being paid back it's like it's like whether whether it was a level of pride or or whether it was like or there was like i want to see if you will like not give me this money so even then i still have something to hold over your head Mm -hmm. right totally can i also just point i just looked this up that sanyaya sydney who played the the young girl the the girl who's uh, denzel's mistress's uh kid Uh uh she fucking crushed it in 2016 <laughs> she was in roots fences and hidden figures oh my goodness oh, shit. she was in every, dude yeah she was one of the kids she's one of christian John, uh, johnson's Kristen johnson's uh, kids and hidden figures oh that's right yeah like girl i don't know if you have an agent but damn good job yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm actually looking at her now, and she, she, she wasn't even, she, it, it wasn't even just those three, like Hidden Figures, Fences, and Roots. She was also apparently in four episodes of American Horror Story, Roanoke. Yeah, like, <gasps> was she the kid in Roanoke? I guess. Yeah, so. she great. Oh, role was man. Flora Harris. She was Flora, Flora Harris. Hell yeah, Flora yeah, Harris. So like, Flora. so like, little girls had like, she, she had a big year. No kidding. Like she was doing. All Can't the wait things. to see where she is like ten years from now. She's yeah, be... seriously, and, and she could be like Naomi an... Harris. Oh yeah, that would be that's awesome. Like that's actually kind of awesome. I yeah. I'm totally down for that. Oh, I think we covered it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think we're coming. I think we're coming da- coming uh, to the to the end of our episode. So let's do scores. Uh, first off, let's go, Sarah. What do you what do you, what do you Sarah give fences? I give fences an eight, and I guess I should you know include with that I'm I'm writing it. I haven't seen a stage production of fences, but I view what I saw in theaters more as a stage production than I view as a movie, which is probably why Ben's and my scores are going to differ. I imagine they will. Um, but in terms of acting, in terms of the script, in terms of plot, in terms of, you know, the use of musical cues or lack thereof, the appropriate use of musical <laughs> cues, I should say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All of those things were very good. It's a film I would enjoy seeing again. Um, there were a couple of awkward moments with the transition from stage to screen, Um but I'm willing to give the to forgive those and still give the film quite a high score. All right, and Ben, what do you give Fences? Um, it's gonna give it a little lower, but I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, talking to you guys, I, I I appreciate what Denzel's doing, at least in terms of the acting and what he's his strengths are as a director. I do wish he picked. I don't know if it's cinematographer, just his choices. I, like I said, I I I really do wish there was just some more inventive choices. And I wish it was just allowed to be a little more of an adaptation. I, I understand and I respect it. And I guess that's where I'm coming from is that I give the acting a 10. <laughs> I give the project an 11 out of 10. Like, I think it's <laughs> fantastic. I'm so happy to see the rest of them. 
but I guess I just give the film itself a, a seven and maybe that just comes from my, I know fences very well. And, and I, I know this was a play beforehand and it just wasn't as inventive to me, but I can't deny that I want people to see it. And I want it to do well at the Oscars because I think there are a lot of good things about it. So I still respect it, but I just wish it was more inventive and more creative. So that's why I give it a seven. No, that is totally fair. Um, for me, I will give Fences an 8.5. I definitely, as, as, as Ben said, enjoyed the acting. I, I thought I, I thought for, for the entire cast, at the very least, super solid, ranging from, from, ranging from super solid to stellar performances from everyone. Like Denzel and Viola Davis, there's a reason why I love these two and why I want them to win all of the things. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I and 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 I guess I guess like uh, like the main point the main point apart from that I liked didn't like but mostly liked how much I can how much I personally connected to this film so and, and so and so and so with that how I I I, I guess I, I I guess for me it gave like deeper personal meanings um and deeper and deeper and like personal connections to, to to everything that was happening with the characters and so and so it was it was interesting seeing that seeing maybe, maybe not my personal story but a story like it happen on screen slash on stage which 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 which, which like sarah i also have not seen the stage production so 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 there's that so with that, with 8.587, uh, Movie Gang Podcast gives Fences a 7.8, which I'm going to go ahead and round up to an 8. And of course, much like Jack, I, I, I think, I think, I think with those scores, how, how they, how they average out, it's, I, I'd, I'd say, I'd say that's a pretty good score to give it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you guys are more positive than me, so I think it's totally fair. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, in Ben's mind, we can lower, we can lower it down to like a seven point five. No, you don't have to. <laughs> it's good. I'm fine with that. All right. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Blah blah blah. Words. I still can't talk. I'm sorry, listeners. Oh well. Thank, but listeners, thank you so much. You have been listening to the Movie Gang podcast. You can find us with, with MGP and the rest of our shows over at TuscanShed.com. Along with this podcast, you can listen to. Our other shows, that, uh, those being Animania, Save Point Gamecast, Geek Space Nine, which actually stars the three of us, surprisingly, um, and, <laughs> and A Feast for Bros, which will start back up once the next and I believe final season of Game of Thrones premieres later this year on, on HBO. Yeah. No, there's two <laughs> more seasons. It's, it's split up. Oh, is there? Oh, 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 it is two more seasons? Okay. Thank you for correcting me. I wasn't sure. But I it's was. like shortened seasons. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, we gotta put anyway, all the money. When you go there, <laughs> when you go there, uh, be sure to rate and review our shows on iTunes and where and wherever else you can, so that we can continue to bring you all of this awesome content. Because we very much enjoy doing it. Trust us, it's a, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun doing all of this. Also, like us on Facebook so we can pop up on your on your feed whenever we post a new episode. Join us next week when we talk about either Manchester by the Sea or La La Land. We're supposed to release La La Land, and we're recording Manchester by the Sea, and I'm not sure if Jack Williams releases that week or not, but at the very least, La La Land. One of those two. We'll let you know. <laughs> Until It'll be an time. Oscar special. <laughs> yeah, 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 that too. Uh, until next time, this is Peter Dancy, joined by my Geek Space Dine crew, Ben Hallworth and Sarah Becker. See y'all next week. Bye.
everyone. Thanks for listening.